BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith. And as always, we are presented to you via Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, and I am joined by Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much, man. Happy to be back and always glad to talk, uh, you know, post-trade talks. And it's always fun when, uh, you know, another one happens early in the season. Indeed, man. Like, dude, we, we've been kind of... Um, lucky like the past few seasons like we just there's been a lot of good um kind of early season trades mid-season trades a lot more trade deadline activity than you know in seasons past like i mean we always get excited for for you know trade deadline stuff but it's rare that you get two back-to-back seasons as in last season and the season prior um where there was actually like huge like moves at the trade deadline um, I, I don't, from what it looks like, I don't think this season will be any different. I think we're going to have a, uh, a nice, uh, little trade deadline to talk about, uh, then. Um, and as, uh, Joel and I, I always say, that's our Christmas time. Uh, speaking of which, what up, Joel? How you doing, brother? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Um, so we got, we got a lot to talk about, so let's just get right into it. Um, so let's, let's start off with uh, the Lakers and Knicks are rumored to have interest in acquiring John Wall. This is per various uh, reports, and you know the, 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 there's been some other teams scattered about, but these seem to be the the, the two most prominent uh, teams, if you will, that have been reported um, as having interest, um, which is really, really, really strange to me. Um, like I would expect the teams that would have interest would be either your teams that have no confidence in drawing in free agents, maybe say your sons or your nets, you know, the nets have a lot of cap money, but you know, not, not necessarily like a free agent destination, at least, you know, not, not as of late, um, but uh, but the Knicks and the Lakers, that is so strange to me. I I don't know. I almost wonder, in my mind, I feel like this is preliminary. Like, 
basically probably the way I see it going down is maybe, um, you know, maybe Polinka and um, I guess uh, Joel, you, you you probably can tell me if I'm wrong here, but um, the shit I even slipped my mind. The 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 dude who's not not necessarily the GM of of the um, of the Knicks, but the guy who's like been there for a while and is kind Steve of Mills? always like what's that? Steve Mills or Scott Perry? Yes. Steve Mills the president, Scott already. Perry is the GM. Okay. There you go. Um so like I w- I would expect that Mills um it, you know, they I, it would make sense that they would call over to Washington and say, "Hey, look, you know, like um you know, we're not interested in him this season." Uh, but you know what, like, you know, it's, it's always good to make inroads and, you know, if we don't land the guys that we want to land, um, this upcoming off season, then maybe we're interested. What are like, obviously we're dealing with a gargantuan contract. Um, like what would you be looking for in return knowing that, you know, he's vastly overpaid. That's like the only way that this makes any sense to me. Um, other than that, like, I don't know why the Knicks would trade for him and obliterate their cap space or the Lakers would trade for him and obliterate their cap space. doesn't make any sense to me. They both have the money. Uh, well, the Lakers outright have the money for a max free agent, and it's not. it, it wouldn't be terribly difficult for the Knicks to create max, uh, a, a max free agent slot um, with you know, a, a, just a, a few tinkering moves. So... Joel, I'm going to pass it to you first as a resident Knicks fan. Um, I would consider you our resident Knicks fan. Uh, I would consider Jawan our Fairweather Knicks fan. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> shots fired. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, you know, what are your thoughts on this this kind of rumor that the Knicks and Lakers are potentially interested in John Wall? Um. I didn't know about the the Laker interest. Uh, I'm not sure where that's coming from. Uh, I heard about the Nick one, obviously, because I'm in my ear to the ground for that. But I think it's just sure. that rumors. I think there's a lot of people around the league that think that's what the Knicks are possibly doing with their young assets, and they think that's one of the one players that they're looking at possibly attaining through trade with their young assets. But from what I've heard from insiders uh, around the Knicks is that that's not – Exactly the case. Not that they wouldn't listen to any type of offers, but at the same time, they're they're really not trying to make any, especially this season, any type of moves uh, right. that'll 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 kill their summer for for a bigger name possibly. And they love their assets, so it's one of those win-win situations. Like if they can't get what they want in the summer, they can always keep up what they're doing right now with their young uh, young movement. Right. Yeah, absolutely, and and really the same thing with the Lakers. I mean. Um, obviously, given that they have LeBron James, the Lakers are a little further or a lot further along. But like, well, nevertheless, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's just the way it goes. But like, nevertheless, like, <laughs> even if you're the Lakers, like, why would you give up? Like, why would you give up assets for? I, I just I, and, and this is no disrespect to John Wall. He, he's an excellent player, no. but a guy who's that overpaid for the next four mm-hmm. years. And like, like and completely obliterate um, your cap space next season, in addition to giving up your young assets. Like 
none of that makes any sense to me. Now, like I said, I could see a scenario in which maybe either one of those teams makes something like that happen in the off season. Like, put right. it this way, Joel. Like, let's say the Knicks whiff on any sort of free agents. Let's just be nice to them and say they draft Zion Williamson. At that point, mm-hmm. like, sure, you could give up Kevin Knox and Frank Nilakina for John Wall and Courtney Lee and, you know, whoever else you need to to make the money work. It, you know, it, that right. would be actually slightly complicated to, to uh, get up to that John Wall number. <laughs> um, but it's it's really yeah, – Man, it's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's really too bad, in my opinion, that you can't trade – uh, contract stretched contracts of players that aren't like if a team is willing to take on uh, a contract of a player that's no longer on your team, I think they should be allowed to do so. Um, but that's not I agree. there. Yeah, I mean right. that, that's just that's just fucking that makes sense to me. But I mean it should feel, like you, you you made a decision to like cut a player and stretch him, but like that contract should still be tradable. But again, not it's a Beside the point, um, but yeah, I mean, it just it just doesn't it doesn't add up to me uh, as far as right now. You know, I could see either one of those teams at least contemplating it. Uh, you know, given the right circumstances, but not this season. Uh, Luke, what are your thoughts? No, I mean, you know me when I first came out. You know, I had to give uh, Joel and Juwan some stuff about Knicks being uh, <laughs> talked about because you know it's just that's just. A next move, but I mean, I don't really know about the trade. What I kind of feel like is uh, the Wizards are using this to advantage. Like the Lakers didn't call for like Wall; they were calling for Beal. But the Wizards are like, right. listen, 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 entertain this right here with Wall, and let's get it out there that you're interested. And so teams are like, oh man, I might have to make this move, and then we'll talk Beal later if when that comes out. And the Knicks, like you're saying, like there's no reason for the Knicks to do this right now. And, but, you know, wait until the offseason, it could definitely make sense, especially if they miss out on people. So I bet the Knicks were just like, well, we just want to just engage it. But, you know, and, you know, the Wizards just being desperate right now because Wall's contract just looks so bad and no one wants it. Now it's like, well, look at these two franchises and they're actually kind of, well, I want to give it to the Knicks, but, you know, they're actually, like, good-run organ- uh, like organizations and all that. So why would they make, a, like, a move like this? But, you know, I mean, I can kind of see it. I mean, in the Knicks sense, you know, I try to figure out every way that it would, like, try to make sense because no matter what, like you're saying, they don't have room, max room right now. So I think if KD does come to the Knicks, it's going to be like how Chris Paul went to Houston. He's going to do a signing trade and make both sides, so. I mean, definitely, I mean, Golden State would be, would, you know, if you could choose, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. would be great on Golden State. And then throwing in Ennis Cantor, that's a great double-double guy. I mean, that clears up a lot of room right there. So that's what I was trying to make. But John Wall's contract just gets so terrible that it just, it's just hard to find room where it really does make sense for them to go into this. But what I was trying to, you know, what maybe sense it could make is, Right now, you get them in the $18 million, like, before it kicks in and all that. And then you can get Katie on this, you know, I don't even, it doesn't It doesn't make sense to go into the luxury tax and all that. But, it, I mean, right now, contract doesn't look Yeah, bad. it it would but, make, 
I, I think the Knicks could pull it off. I don't think Cantor could be involved in the deal because Golden State would be in the luxury tax. But you could, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little rusty on, on my sign-and-trade uh, rules, um, but I do think you could trade. they could trade Hardaway. I think a team can sign and trade away a guy and be in the luxury tax, but they cannot receive a guy and be in the luxury tax. So I think the Knicks could stay under the luxury tax. I, and, and regardless, um, like, KD could always opt in and demand a trade. Like, that's what Chris Paul did um, to get around the rules uh, pertaining to the uh, um, sign and trade, uh, which are very specific rules. Um, but uh, I, I don't I don't necessarily think Cantor could be involved in the deal. Um, but, I mean, even still, you you could pick up Tim Hardaway and say like a Kevin Knox and get get yourself like a young guy um, to go along with like proven shooter and all that. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine the Knicks not willing to give up that package to get KD, um, especially if they already had John Wall. Um, but again, like that would, that would, you know, I mean, you're going to have to give up something to get John Wall. So therein lies, like, how many times can you flip assets until you run out of assets kind of kind of situation? Um, but uh, anyway, Luke, um, go ahead and finish up your thoughts on the deal. Well, I mean, in that situation, they still have assets. I mean, because what's rumored is it's Courtney Lee in that trade, Frank uh, Nilkina, and um, Damian Dotson. I don't even know who that guy is, so he's just kind of throwing – Oh, I know, know like a first-round pick, you know. No, Damian Dawson, uh, pretty good. He's good. That's Trier, what he's looked. Longer chair came in and okay. kind of like, kind of like, was well, like, hey, I'm the new Damian Dawson. Sit down, motherfucker. But, I mean, he's Damian Dawson's not a bad player. Well, what I'm trying to say is, like, you still have the assets that you'd be able to do that sure. if you were the Knicks, you know, and all that. I mean, still building around. I mean, a wall, Katie, Przingis is really good. And you still have your first-round pick this year. So, I mean, that that's really just, you know, setting you up for just really good in the future. So, I mean, it it could make sense. But the, the Lakers won, especially the guy that was, tw- uh, like, tweeted out and said the Wizards turned this down. No way the Wizards turned this down. <laughs> that's no. why I'm really feeling like it's fake. Because I feel like well, the, the deal supposedly was Ingram and Hart in a first rounder. No way. Why would I do that trade if I'm the Lakers, if I still have Lonzo Ball and Rondo on my team? So I'm going to run, like, right. a three-point-card package with LeBron wanting the ball as well. So that trade makes sense if you erase Wall and you put Bradley Beal in there. Maybe throw, like, Bradley Beal and Mark, uh, the Morris brother on that team. Uh, and for Bradley Beal, I mean, for um, Ingram Hart and a first-rounder. I think that's a good yeah. trade for both sides. I mean. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's bad. I, I... – I think that it, again, it still it, it still hampers your cap space going forward, and I think the Lakers really need to hold on to that. If I if I was the Lakers and I was looking to make a trade, I'd be trying to shore up my center position with either Kuzma um, or Ingram with like a young guy who's you know going to be good going forward. Um, you know, I think I've thrown out on the show before Miles Turner. Um, as a possibility. And honestly, right now, I'd rather have DeMontis Sabonis because that motherfucker's playing better than Miles Turner. Um, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that, that the wall, like, neither one, just neither one really makes a whole lot of sense to me, honestly. Um, just, just like I said, given their markets and, and the fact that, um, <clears throat> you know, 
you just have to juggle so much in order to add somebody after that fact. And plus, like, there's no way that the, the Wizards turn down a trade from the Lakers right now because the Lakers currently don't have the the salary cap to, like, get to the point that they would need to make a trade. That's why Jimmy Butler didn't request a trade to the Lakers because he knew they couldn't fucking, like, add up the numbers to get to Jimmy Butler. Um, they, like, they don't have those contracts available until January 15th. So, like, again, um, that, that, that reasoning that, that – the Wizards turn down any kind of trade. So any trade that the Lakers make is going to be post-January 15th. Um, now, that doesn't mean they were in talks and perhaps Washington said, yeah, that's not going to be enough. But that, that that's not the same thing as turning down a trade. They, like, turn down a trade, something would have to be proposed, and, like, they can't actually propose a trade. So it's semantics, but still. Um, but anyway... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think we're all kind of in agreement here. Like, it's, it, it, it would be a stretch to imagine either one of these teams going after him. Um, I think the teams that – I think the team that obviously makes the most sense is Miami. I think, um, you know, a team that, you know, could also make sense is Phoenix. Um, but, I mean, even that would be really tricky – um, at this point in time because they don't have Tyson Chandler's expiring contract anymore. So that makes a deal, like, harder to um, reach um, if you don't have something that you can throw in to match salaries. Um, now, they do have Trevor Ariza, um, but, again, can't trade him until January 15th. Uh, speaking of Trevor Ariza, um, in addition to Wall and, of course, Beal, uh, the Lakers also have been linked to Trevor Reza, reportedly searching for a third team to take on KCP after the January 15th deadline. Um, all I got to say is fucking Philadelphia better fucking jump in there and outbid them on that because they have Wilson Chandler, which perfectly matches um, as far as salary. Um, they also could could, you know, work out a, a, a Fultz for Josh Jackson's swap. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll discuss Fultz's injury uh, a little later on in the show. Um, but Jackson obviously has not done well for for that coach and that team this season, um, and it's just kind of been relegated to, to garbage minutes, really, um, you know, when they're getting blown out. Um, and, uh, you know, I, obviously Philly still has a slew of second rounders that they can include uh, draft picks that the Lakers don't have. Um, so, and the fact that, you know, they're looking for a third team to take on KCP kind of spells to me um, that what the Lakers are looking for is somebody to throw in, you know, some kind of draft consideration to the, um, to the Suns in exchange for KCP, and I feel like if I'm the Suns, that would again have to be an expiring contract. It seems like a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, I think the Lakers are smart to be looking at Trevor Ariza. I just look at the Sixers and say they can put together a much easier and a much better package, regardless of whether it involves Fultz or not. And they could just do Wilson Chandler and two quality seconds for Trevor Ariza. Straight up, deal done. Um, But uh, what are your thoughts on, on the 
the Lakers having interest in Ariza. Um, Luke, and do you agree with me that um, that the Sixers would be stupid to s- sit on the sidelines and just, you know, get outbid when they so clearly have an advantage um, when it comes to going after Ariza? No, I mean, for the Lakers' sake, I mean, this is a great trade to be rumored in. I mean, this makes complete sense for you. This is the perfect guy to fit around LeBron. I mean, and he's already a Laker. I mean, bring him back home. I mean, the fans love him in L.A. I mean, help win a championship with Kobe. I mean, come back. Yep. He knows this. I mean, he's kind of, like, not, like, he's having a down here. I just feel like because Phoenix is just so bad. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like how, the same thing. Yeah, like how Jackson only gets like garbage time, but luckily he plays on the worst team in the league, so he's probably still getting decent quality minutes. But uh, that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, no, no he's the not. Would be com- Jackson actually isn't. He's getting shit minutes. Oh, that's terrible. But uh, Spotty like, at best. Know, be really, would be really smart bringing him in. I mean, he, like I said, he fits around LeBron. He's a three D guy. LeBron knows he can play defense. It would help him out in the Western Conference, like, playoffs, you know, to help LeBron not have to cover a guy because Ariza can do that. I mean, he was doing it last year with Houston, I mean, to his best quality. I mean, it's sometimes hard to stop some of the people you have in the West, but, I mean, Ariza's still a very quality player and can shoot the three. I mean, he makes sense because, you know, he's actually a shooter and he's known to be that shooter, like, Lakers right now don't really have and yeah, it's consistent. Lakers really don't have that right now. They're relying on like Kuzma and like KCP, but KCP's not even that great. And like you're saying, I mean He's wildly whole, inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, the whole three team trying to find a deal for that contract, I just feel like yeah, you like you're saying it's a bunch of hoops. Now on the Sixers hand, yeah, it would be very dumb for them, but it's the seventy sixers we're talking about right now. I mean, they've been doing a lot of dumb things for the last couple of years, I mean. <laughs> So I don't see them really doing anything smart. I mean, yeah, they did the Butler trade, but, you know, like I've been saying, depleted the team and, and all of that. But, I mean, it would be smart of them to jump in. I just feel like uh, so many other teams could use a Trevor Reza. It's just not the Lakers and the Sixers. Any team can use him right now. I mean, if you think they're trying to make a playoff run and all that. I mean, Dallas could even try to swoop in and, you know, do that. I mean, he would be a decent player like that. So there's plenty of teams Ooh. I think they'll get in there. Dude. Wesley Matthews, that's an expiring contract that they could throw in there for a reason. Now I don't know what, what I mean with their with their pick uh, first round or next year going to Atlanta. I don't know what they could offer. Um, yeah, and I don't think they have like they don't they definitely don't have all the seconds that um, Philly has. But like I don't know. I mean, still like that's there's at least the the, the beginnings of a deal there. You know. Yeah, and like I'm saying, it's just like Ariza's going to be a very sought-after player. Um, you know, he's on a bad team. He's not on a bad contract. He's just on a one-year expiring. So, yeah, I feel like any team would be smart to go out there. I don't, I don't think in the end the Lakers are going to get it done because, like you're saying, there's a lot of things that have to go on. They have to wait for the 15th. They have to get a third team in. They can't just do it. They do not have any draft picks. But um, as a late – like. For the team itself, they should definitely do what it takes to get Trevor Reza. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think I, I wonder if 
if you're the Lakers, if you're willing up to give like a, a heavily protected first to get a reason, I wouldn't, and I don't think that they that they would, um, simply because your ultimate goal is next season to go get somebody um, who you can uh, another you know superstar that you can pair with LeBron. Um, so like I don't I don't think they're going to give up much, but I think what they're angling for is. If they can take on Trevor Ariza, send KCP somewhere else. Ariza's fifteen million. KCP's right around twelve. It, it, that means they, that another team could send back an expiring contract of say around nine or ten million dollars. And if you're if you're Phoenix, you're basically cutting five to six million dollars off of your payroll. Um, when you're already a shit team, that's probably better than what you would get him to agree to as far as a buyout. So I think that's where they're angling is not so much we can give you assets as we can prevent you from having to um, buy him out for more money. Um, So, you know, that aspect of it would make sense for Phoenix if nobody else is interested. But like you said, Luke, I I would find it hard to believe that there won't be teams um, interested in pursuing Trevor Ariza around the league. Um, Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on the Lakers' interest in, in Ariza? Uh, my thoughts are that it's predictable. I mean, I think Ariza is mm-hmm. a, a vet. Every vet team, any team trying to make the playoffs would want. He's the per- he's the quintessential wing uh, that can guard literally like what maybe two through four. You know, two three four. That's what you need your wings to do anyway. He could defend right. at least the wing spots very well. Um, he's a little older now, but it's not like he, he, he's a three and D guy. That doesn't really get old. As long as you can defend, you'll be okay. And he's kind of that guy. He can sit next to LeBron, whether at the four, more so at the four than anything else. Um, but he just compliments LeBron well. You know, he he does, he really does. So he'll yeah. be a good fit there. So I'm not surprised that the Lakers would look at a guy like Ariza or any team would look at Ariza as a guy that could help. Uh, Phoenix obviously um, oversaw it and. He's not that. I mean, they signed him, I guess, to help them out. Um, their young guys are not there quite yet for him to be as effective. He's, he's a role player. That's kind of what he is. Um, right. If anything, they helped him get paid so he can go play somewhere else and get paid the money he wanted to get. So it's really kind of – I guess that's kind of what was the goal out there. So that's why it, it didn't seem like he would be there long term. And it just looks like that's the direction they're going. Whether it's the Lakers or somewhere else, it makes sense that he won't stay there in Phoenix. Um, Philly – it's not a bad um, – like you said, they shouldn't sit this out. I mean, if he's available, they they should try to go and get in there in some capacity. Even if it's being that third team and taking in KCP, KCP would not be a bad addition to the Philadelphia 76ers. If they could manage that out with Markel Fultz, that's not a bad idea either. Um, it's just – a lot of this makes sense. The reason is on the block. It's just a matter of when and where. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I do disagree a little bit on the KCP fit only because, um, not that I think he's necessarily a bad fit, because you have so much defensive versatility when it comes to Ben Simmons. Um, so you don't have to fit people into as tight of boxes as far as defensive positioning um, when it comes to the Sixers. Um, but you have J.J. Redick, and, like, I mean – Conceivably, though, you could play, uh, like, offensively, you could play Reddick, KCP, and Butler um, 
and then defensively they would be guarding the wings and, you know, like Ben Simmons could guard, you know, the power forward position. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, it could work, um, I, but, you know, I, w- I would much rather have a Reza than KCP um, for all the reasons well, I mean, that yeah, you know, we, we, we Yeah. Right. Um, but, I'm uh, agreeing with that. I'm just saying. Not a bad yeah, yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, moment, it, so, you know, pick his, you know, has your choice. Yeah, but at least Korkmaz is, like, kind of consistent in his shot. He can't do anything else. Like, he's not nearly as athletic or the defender that uh, Caldwell Pope is. Um, but, I mean, he does hit three-pointers. Um, and, honestly, uh, with the Sixers, like, that's got to be pretty valuable. <laughs> you know, just somebody who can just, you know, if they're open, will be somewhat consistent in hitting threes. And that's just something KCP is – He's just wildly um, inconsistent. He's not even a bad shooter. That's the thing. Like, you go no. look at his percentages. I don't know what they are this year. But, like, his percentage last year wasn't bad. It was, like, 37 38%. Um, it's just he would go on these streaks where he would, like, shoot 25%. Um, and then, you know, he'd get on these hot streaks. But it's like, man, you just got to mm-hmm. be more consistent than that. Like, that's one of the worst things an NBA player can be is um, inconsistent. Um, that's honestly what scares me so much about Trey Young. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll shelve that one for another day. Um, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about a trade that actually did go down. The Milwaukee Bucks mm. traded Matthew Delavadova, John Henson, and a future, uh, well, future draft picks, uh, plural, but the main pick is a first rounder. And I'll, I'll, uh, take a second here in a minute to, to, um, actually break down the protections on this pick because I find them very intriguing. Um, but they traded all that uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for George Hill. Um, they also acquired Jason Smith uh, and a future second with Sam Decker uh, going to the Washington Wizards. Um, so now you got a bunch of seconds changing hands here. Um, but essentially, obviously, the important parts are the Bucks get off of Delhi's money next year and John Henson's money next year, which is about $20 million. Um, and they get an expiring contract in Jason Smith. They get um, a contract that has a $1 million buyout in George Hill. So it kind of acts as an expiring contract. Um, but get this. Here's the, here's the protections on this pick. So um, it's 1 through 14 protected in 2021. But here's the thing. Um, their their pick is not going to convey to Phoenix this upcoming season, this up this next draft because of of its protections. So that doesn't really matter. Um, it's protected one through ten in 2022. Um, so essentially, like if Giannis leaves, they have a one through ten protection. Um, it's uh, protected in <laughs> 2023. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. In 2023, it's protected 1 through 10 and 25 through 30. So it's like, <laughs> I don't understand where that 25 through 30 comes from at all. Um, the only thing that I can imagine is if they're, they're like, Phoenix, or not Phoenix, uh, Milwaukee's got like these weird-ass protections on the pick because the Phoenix pick protection is really strange too. Because um, it's, I think, 1 through Four and 17 through 30 protected this season. Um, and then next year it's one through seven. 
uh, next draft. So, like, it, some really strange picks, and all of this culminates into if they don't convey um, a first-round pick um, by 2024, it then becomes 2024 and 2025 second-round pick. So, essentially, if they don't keep Giannis, they have the protection in there that they're not going to have to give up um, the, most likely not going to have to give up the first rounder, um, you know, to Cleveland. It'll instead be um, two seconds, you know, later on down the line. Um, but nevertheless, I, I just, me being the um, geeky uh, NBA, you know, uh, trade draft pick uh, aficionado that I am, uh, I found all of that really intriguing. Um but back uh, back to the the trade at hand and, and I guess the less um, super analytical side of things. Uh, we can just talk about players and what have you and and all of that jazz and what this means for the Bucks going forward, for the Cavs going forward. And you know if you want to throw in the Wizards, not that you know it means a whole lot for them, but uh, feel free to do that as well. Uh, I'm gonna shoot over to you first, Joel. Well, it was a crazy trade. Not crazy in the fact that it was super shocking or anything. It's just that it kind of came out of nowhere. I like there was no rumblings of it coming, <laughs> and right. it wasn't like any major player was uh, was dealt. You know, it was actually something that kind of makes sense to get you get a more solid point guard for the Bucks and in, in, uh, George Hill. I, I really like that for them. He's a solid backup point guard now, um, where they kind of didn't have a backup point guard. Or at least they did, they did with Della Vadova, but they swore that they never used him. So I was like, why why bother? Um, now right, and Brogdon's really kind of been playing more two than, than one. Right, he's been starting as shooting yeah. guard. I mean, that's basically, right, they've been starting exactly. basically double point guard. So right. and most of the minutes went to the, the point guard, so there was no backup. So I, I get with, with the, that move went. Uh, I like Della Vadova for Cleveland because, you know, Cleveland, they love they love Delhi there. Delhi's still a decent player. I guess he just wasn't the point guard they wanted, but I, I still think Delhi's a nice energy guy. Um, so he'll help Cleveland in some capacity, no doubt. Uh, not that Cleveland really cares about winning per se, <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he's a nice. It's a guy that they like, so they'll bring him back. Um, who else got moved in that trade? Was it um, what's his name? Was that Davis traded too, right? Yeah, Hanson got sent. Sorry, yeah, got sent to I'm Cleveland sorry. along along with the trade. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I get confused between Ed Davis and John Henson all the time. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Maybe they're so similar to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but it always happens with Ed Davis and John Henson. Um, but yeah, John Henson's not bad. He was actually playing really well before he got hurt. Uh, so yeah. that's not that's another good pickup, actually. Not in my opinion. Um. The the whole moving of Decker to Washington and Jason Smith now at the what the Cleveland right? Did Jason Smith with the Cleveland? No, Jason um, Smith went to Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee, that's also yeah. a big. It's a cluster. That's what I'm saying. I got a little confused, but yeah, Jason Smith is not a bad <laughs> pickup either. I had Jason Smith on the Knicks for a year. He's not bad. He has his moments where he can give you some decent minutes, but you know he's a third big. That's that's not bad to have. And Decker, yeah. I like too. You know, he, we both have talked about Decker. He gives you some flashes. He'll work in Washington, even though I'm not sure what Washington's trying to do anymore. Um, but not a bad trade overall. They're trying to opinion. save money is what they're trying to do. Uh, That's they saved about, it was. Yeah, it's a money move. Yeah, they saved about $2.5 million in, in, by making that move. And, and even right. more yeah, in, uh, in luxury tax. 
So, yeah. Right. We're trying to do what Atlanta did, you know, take the big contract for the pick. That's it's smart. That's actually really smart. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, like, I mean, it just it, it's a trade that really makes sense. Cleveland's obviously rebuilding. They could use the draft assets. Milwaukee is trying to retain Bledsoe, Middleton, um, Brogdon, and probably Brooke Lopez, honestly, because he's been huge for them this year, all of whom are yeah, free agents I love at that the end of this he... season. Exactly. Yeah. I love when they picked him oh, up, so yeah. I was very happy. You yeah, know, and so he's been playing great. So he's he yeah, I mean he is a such a good fit next to Giannis. Like he's exactly what Giannis needs because he essentially allows them to open the paint up so much um, that Giannis just has so much ability. And if 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 they try to close in on that paint, he can kick it out to Brook Lopez, and Brook Lopez is a good shooter. He can hit corner wide open corner threes at a very high rate. So. Great pickup for them, and they want to keep all those guys. So the fact that they're able to shed about $20 million in cap space next season is huge. They don't want to go into the luxury tax, or if they do, they don't want to be so heavy into the luxury tax like, say, an OKC. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it just makes sense. I think it's a really smart trade for all parties considered. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I've – Really, the only the only thing that I don't get is if I'm Milwaukee, I would probably rather just have Sam Decker than Jason Smith and the um, the second rounder from Washington. Um, I, I I really like Sam Decker. Jason Smith, I I kind of agree with you, Joel. Like he's not bad. Like he, I mean, he, he's not a bad dude to have on your team. It's just I don't see I don't see what he's gonna do on that team. <laughs> Whereas I do kind right, of feel yeah. like Decker could get a few minutes at the three, a few minutes at the four, um, you know, like, I mean, he would kind of overlap with Ilya Sova a little bit, but as far as Smith, I don't necess- necessarily see where he fits in given that you got Brooke Lopez, you got Thon Maker. So he didn't really get that many minutes at the five. And then you got Giannis and Ilya Sova at the four. It's like, where is he going to get minutes? I don't, I don't see them it's, for him either. So it's it, just it, precaution. Because yeah, yeah. Saw, um, John Henson was getting most of the big man minutes over Tom Maker for a while, and now Tom Maker gets a chance to get his minutes back. And Jason Smith is there; it's just a a, a blanket, you know, just in case. Yeah, I feel you there. I, and they get the extra; they get the benefit of having the second rounder. And you know, they're right, both expiring, right. so they're not having to you know hold any additional salary next year. So, um, but Luke, uh, what are your thoughts on the trade? No, I mean, it's, it's like you say, it's really weird to, like, come out of a trade and be like, man, I mean, this kind of does make sense for all parties. Like, you're always trying to look at, like, what was this team thinking? And, like, but like you're saying, I mean, in all, every team got what they, like, what they needed. I mean, if you look at Milwaukee, like you've been saying, I mean, you get George Hill, who's actually a very quality player. I mean, he's been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That run that he had with the Jazz, you know, uh, two years ago to help them out. I mean, that's still not far off. I mean, he wasn't that b- bad in last year's playoffs. I mean, you know, he had some blunders that are kind of stick out. I mean, just hit a free throw. But other than that, I mean, he's not a bad backup to have, like he, like you both were saying. I mean, right now, Brogdon was the backup, but they moved him to the two, so you don't really have anyone running your second unit and all that. I mean, George Hill's very, you know, he, he knows how to do that kind of thing. He's not, he's very calm. And collect it sometimes, but uh, I, you know, 
good right there. And then a $1 million contract the next year. So they have enough money to, like, you, like you're saying, Nick, to retain everyone and all that, which they should do and all that. But they also have enough money, if they really want to entertain it, to go out and get a max free agent and put next to Giannis. So I don't, there, I don't know. I'd have to look into that. But you'd have to, you'd have to give is. up everybody that I just mentioned. I would yeah, not do that. That's okay. So if you buy out, uh, you might be able to keep Brogdon, but you would definitely have to give buy- up Bledsoe and Middleton. Ain't no fucking way I'm doing that. For Katie or, or Davis. a Leonard? Katie yeah. ain't going to Milwaukee. Hey, but all I'm saying is, if they do buy out uh, George Hill, they have 50, $50.9, $51 million in cap. They could definitely do it. And like you say, and retain a broad enemy. But no, no, no. I'd, I'd have to look into what the cap holds would be and all that. I don't, I don't think they have that much money. I wouldn't do it if I was them because, like you're saying, I mean, I'd rather get all my guys like them understand the system and all that, maybe trade one down the road if it all that. But uh, then you go to Cleveland, I mean, you just, you kind of, I mean, the trade, I, I didn't hear of the, uh, like, little restrictions. They are very interesting with the pick, but, I mean, you just flipped a George Hill for basically, you just got a, a first rounder and a second round. Yeah, you're taking on a lot of money, but you can take on money when you're going to be bad and you're going through a whole rebuild and you're understanding what you're doing. I mean, right now they're right. not one of the worst teams in the league. They Their pick goes to Atlanta, which they don't want to happen, so they're fully in the rebuild. I think this just sets the, the tone that their other players are about to also. I could see, you know, Kevin Love possibly getting traded um, for the right deal. J.R. Smith if you can get him for, like, you know, on the dollar, what he's basically worth right now, he wouldn't be that bad. Tristan Thompson, right. so Cleveland should do this right now, you know, and just take on some bad contracts and get some picks because, you know, they, they're going through that rebuild. And then Washington kind of, like you're saying, I don't understand how Washington put in there, but Washington's sneaky getting in there. I mean, 2.9 is a lot of money when you're in the luxury tax. When you're looking at it, I mean, they're only paying, like, $9 million now in the luxury tax. It's kind of nice, you know. And like compared to where they're at, so that that little money saved just to, and Sam Decker actually is going to get minutes for them. I mean, watching it right now, playing you know they're playing the Celtics. He's definitely been playing out there, so he may uh, make sense to you know actually get some minutes. I mean, Cleveland, like you're saying, they should have just kept him, but he he's on their team all year. He never found the court. I just don't think he was just meant for them, and they were just like they were just willing to give him up. So I don't I don't see him saying, but it, in the end, it's just it's a trade that it it makes sense for everyone. There's not one team that you looked at and you're like, well, why did they do this or that? So right. I, I think it's going to be very interesting for Milwaukee down the stretch what George Hill can actually do and help. And I think Bud, which only thing that disappoints me is like, man, Milwaukee, if you could have just done this quicker and you could have got George Hill and Kyle Korver from them. Because how much sense does that make for you guys? Then, you know, you got to Hill. Why don't, I mean, Corbett basically went for nothing. You could have definitely, you know, done this trade yeah, a little bit earlier. Seconds. If you were interested. Yeah, if you knew you were interested in George Hill, why don't you just call this earlier and be like, what's it going to take to get George Hill and Kyle Corbett? Because, I mean, that makes sense. Bud, such Bud knows how to use Corbett. I mean, his best season Corbett's ever had when he was an all-star, you know. Such Bud was That's there. True. So I think he was, 
I think it would have made sense. So that's the only thing that I can kind of be like, kind of question like, man, Milwaukee, did you do this trade too little too late? But I still think it's a really good trade. I mean, they're getting off two contracts that they really need to to be able to do anything next year with some of their free agents. Yeah. Um, by the way, I just pulled up their their figures. Um, yeah, I mean, they would have they, – they could put it this way. I, I'm, I'm trying to calculate all this in my head along with – Nine hundred thousand dollar cap holds for for you know the the roster open roster spots. Um, so I mean it's a lot of numbers. I'm trying to like roll through my head here. Um, but as far as what I'm seeing, um, if they were willing to give up Middleton and Bledsoe, they could still retain Brogdon because his contract is so cheap and his cap hold is so cheap, um, and they would still be able to get a max free agent. So let's just say that you could go get KD. Then you could re-sign Brogdon. You could probably bring back Brooke Lopez on the room level exception. Um, so, I mean, you'd potentially be looking at Brogdon, Tony Snell, um, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and um, Brooke Lopez uh, w- with kind of a thin bench, but you would still have Dante DiVincenzo, Ursan Ilyasova, Thon Maker, um, DJ Wilson, if he ever decides to play basketball, um, Pat, and Pat Connaughton, Pat Connaughton uh, and Sterling Brown. So, like, you, you're not wrong. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen just like you were saying you didn't think it was going to happen, Luke. But, no, I mean, you're right. Like, it's, they they could do that. Um, it's just I don't – I just don't think anybody's going to actually want to go um, to Milwaukee. But that's the thing. That's That's the difference – of what we're talking about. Um, like currently their, their payroll is $118 million. Um, and, you know, next season it, it's going to go way down because of this trade. Um, and, you know, that's, that's going to help them out in so many different avenues, um, namely uh, re-signing all of those aforementioned players. Um, but, you know, um, you know, it, it could also be used to go out and get a max free agent. Um, I, 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 maybe I could see Kawhi Leonard going there. I, I wouldn't, I, I doubt it. I mean, he's, he's doing so well in Toronto. It's like if you're going to leave that situation, um, you, you know, you might as well go to L.A. or the Clippers or whatever, um, but uh, or Lakers for that matter. Um, but nevertheless, it is a possibility, um, despite. I don't think Milwaukee has ever landed a top free agent in the history of of the Bucks. Um, I could be wrong, um, but but I, I don't think they have. Um, may, maybe uh, Ray Allen was was Ray Allen a, a a Sonic first or a Buck first? I can't remember. Buck, uh, Buck, believe. Yeah, that's right. So so yeah, the Sonics took him away from the Bucks. Um, so yeah, so no, that didn't count. Um, yeah, so we yeah, got I don't, to come I, Seattle to Boston. I remember that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. Uh, so now he's he's not on that list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we we might we might have time to get to that. We're we're a little ahead of schedule. Um, so so maybe right. we will. Um, but uh, but before we move on, let's take a quick second to talk about one of our sponsors, Action Heat. Winter is here, guys, and you know what that means. 
Time to dig out those bulky winter clothes that don't quite do the trick. No. Don't do that because we have a better solution from our sponsor, Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat similar to a heated car seat. This clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and undergarments. These have been a lifesaver. It has been so cold this winter. Um, early on, it's like, dude, this is – I don't know what it's like up there in, in Jersey, Joel. I'm sure it's cold. Um, but it's been mm. like January mm. weather down here. Like in, in like late November, early December, we, we, we've been getting January weather, which January, February are the coldest months out of the year here in Georgia. And well, like, it is well, been, what temperature is that exactly? Uh, it's like about, you're going to laugh. <laughs> it's like, uh, like, like right around freezing, um, freezing to like maybe 25 degree wind chill, something like that. Hmm. Pretty low. Yeah. Like, Pretty I mean, cold. that's, that's, that's cold. Like, and may, you know, yeah. it may not be like Jersey cold, but it, I mean, it's pretty cold. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's been hovering like, you know, I mean, it might get up to like, I think it got up to like 45 today, which was kind of nice. Um, the sun was out, so it helped. Um, but like on Monday, dude, it was like rainy. Dude, it was mm-hmm. it was tough, dude. It, I mean, I don't think it got above 40 all day. Um, and, and they even had like a winter advisory. School shut down on Tuesday, man. Like they were like, we're not even going to risk it. <laughs> like cause it is raining. And it's gonna oh it's gonna dip below freezing tonight, so we're not even gonna risk it. Uh, of course, my ass was driving to work at seven twenty the next morning. Um, but uh, but yeah, dude, what has been getting me through is Action Heat because it is like nice. all of these products are amazing, and they just make they make the winter environment so much better. Not just tolerable, but actually like nice. It's 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 been really nice. Um, Action Heat is available in men's and women's attire, offers great new styles, and is very reasonably priced, starting at just $39.99. Plus, if you go to actionheat.com, you can enter our code GEEK, that's G-E-E-K, at the checkout, and get 20% off your order. Or you can go to actionheat.com backslash geek for the same result. That's actionheat.com backslash geek or enter the code GEEK at checkout to get 20% off your order. You can't control the weather, but you can control your environment with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, guys, let's jump back into it. Um, Fred Hoiberg was feeling the heat, uh, but no longer because he has been fired. You like that transition? Not bad, right? (laughs) No? Nobody? Okay, fine. Fuck y'all. I'll take it. Um, Thanks, Joel. Um, So anyway, the team, uh, after losing Fred Hoiberg, promptly lost to Boston by 56 points. (laughs) And players reportedly are not happy with their new interim coach, Jim Boylan. Um, So first, let's let's, let's take this kind of step-by-step. Hoiberg fired. What were your thoughts on this, Joel? Do you think he was really given time um, or 
the necessary opportunity uh, that he deserved as a head coach? Um, or do you think maybe, um, you know, they, they maybe didn't put the right pieces in place for him to compete? Uh, and maybe he was unjustly fired. I think it's a mixture of things. Like, I personally, I think he was never put in the best position to win. Uh, I know they wanted to go in a different direction, and Tibbs, and they fucking did with, with this dude. Um, they, but the problem is they never gave him the personnel to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to run, he wanted to gun, uh, and they went and got Dwayne Wade and Ray on Rondo. I'm like, okay, <laughs> they can't shoot. Um, but, you know, they competed, they got in the playoffs, they had a chance. Um, and then, you know, I mean, what, this is, what, this is his fourth year? Uh, it was, I mean, it was time. Uh, they weren't going anywhere. They're now they're rebuilding, and they still weren't doing much. He never had the best chance. And look, from what I hear, he's a really nice guy. He's like a really nice guy. But you know, maybe he's not a commanding presence in the locker room, and maybe more of a pushover. And that unfortunately doesn't always go over well. So things didn't work out, and it's, maybe it's time to let him go. So I'm not, I'm not mad at it. They had, they needed to do something different. Two or four years, they're not going anywhere. Now it's time to bring in a new coach to build with their young team and go forward. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, and I think it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, kind of – because I've heard the same thing. The word is he he was kind of a pushover. Um, and it, it honestly kind of made sense being a new coach and having to coach Rondo, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, like all of those guys. That was a weird mixture of, of, of egos <laughs> and players for him to have to juggle. Um, early on in his coaching career. Um, but the funny thing is, is they went from one extreme to the other because by all accounts, Boylan is the opposite. This dude is like, oh, you, we're going to lose by 56 to uh, the Celtics? All right, practice tomorrow, uh, two and a half hours long, and then we're going to have another two and a half hour long practice after that. Um, like, dude is just... He has not cut the the cloth. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Um, he's not cut out for the NBA, dude. He like that is not gonna fly. I don't care if these are it's a young team or not. These are professional basketball players. You can't pull that shit uh, in the NBA. Um, and then to top it off, the, when the Kings beat them recently. They reportedly were saying, oh, damn, like, now, uh, you know, they're going to have to have another two-and-a-half-hour-long practice. Like, <laughs> how the mighty has fallen. The kids are talking shit about you having to go practice with your shitty-ass head coach. Like, damn. It's, it's, yeah, that one hurts. Uh, but, Luke, what are your thoughts on uh, Hoiberg being fired and uh, their interim coach, Jim Boylan? I don't know. I mean, I find the whole situation, I mean, not bizarre, but, you know, kind of bad timing. I mean, wasn't Frank already on medical leave? Like, did he get fired when he wasn't even with the – I thought he was, like, sick this year. and He was kind of, like, on leave. So I think that was kind of weird. But I don't think they ever really gave him time. I mean, like you're saying, the first year he gets in there, he kind of wants to build a team, and they're just like, hey, here's Wade, Ronda, Lopez, and Butler – I mean, I mean, they did good. I mean, they, they almost upset Boston and all that. But then when he finally, you know, had his vision, I don't think he really ever had the GM. I mean, ownership in Chicago right now is just 
right now terrible, at all times. Just terrible. terrible. Just they're, they're competing. It's they're up there with the you know three bad owners. So, so I don't think the the ownership the ever gets the chance or GM. Who, who's the bad ones? You got Phoenix, yeah. you got the Knicks, and you got the Bulls and Cavs. So there's your four right there. That's <laughs> a big four. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. No hey, comment, uh, Joel. Joel knows what? he's not like his owner. His no, owner, right. like my owner's pieces. Look, he's, he's a piece of shit. Look, I get that. <laughs> not the best owner in the world. But we have good management now. So I'm not worried about my owner. He's actually been pretty hands-off lately, so I'm not worried about it. Fair enough. All right. Uh, anyway, continue, Luke. But getting back to it, I mean, I just don't think they ever really gave him the chance to ever, like, really do anything with this team. I mean, they started giving him young pieces. I mean, he can't help that some people are hurt and some people that the GM traded for are just really not that great for the whole team. I mean, that whole trade for Butler, if you really look down for it, it the Paul George trade ended up being really good for Indiana and this one's not been that great. I mean, Zach Levine, yeah, he's having a good offensive year, but that's it. I mean, that's all he is doing, and that's not helping his team. And Dunn, I mean, is he still – I mean, I feel like he's still injured so and all that. So I just feel like he was up against, you know – I still think he'll get another chance in the NBA. But I, didn't, I mean, I didn't hear that he was a pushover. If he's a pushover, he might not. But I still think he's a good coach. As for the players complaining that – I heard that they went to the players' union and was talking about this long practice. I mean, you do lose by 50. What this new interim coach is, that's not how you win a locker room that just lost the coach that kind of didn't understand it. They probably liked him because he was probably a players' coach and all that, and now they're getting this guy who should be a college coach and all that, and like yeah. you're saying, the professionals. So, I just right now the Bulls are just probably just a really badly run right now. Yeah, I mean – they need to figure out a, a, like a, a new interim coaching situation because like you can't have all of your players pissed off at your interim coach. That is just that is not good for your culture, for your Barely team, for your fan base. <laughs> like, dude, that is terrible. Like, I like I can't imagine going to work every day and like hating my boss. Like, you're just fucking hating my boss. Like, that would suck, man. That would suck so bad. And, like, that's what everybody on that team is dealing with now. And, like, man, I just I feel bad for him. Like, that that just sucks, man. That really, really sucks. School um, Bobby Knight. Let's go. <laughs> right. Like, that's that's pretty much what it is, dude. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's not a good look for them. Um, losing my 56 really sucks. Um, and you know those guys were fucking embarrassed. Like, to no end to begin with, no reason to, like, rub it in as their head coach. You know, like, it, it, I, I don't know. Like, this this guy, like, I don't, I don't have very much respect for – I don't know Jim Boylan. I don't, I don't have any sort of knowledge of his coaching career. But I don't have any respect for what he did uh, to these professional athletes after that. Like, you got to have at least a little compassion. And you've only been coaching them for a couple games. Like, you can't go in there and, and just, like, be throwing down the gauntlet after only being in charge for a couple games. Like, maybe before, in the words of, um, well, Eric Clapton covered it. I, I can't remember who wrote it. 
uh, before you accuse me, take a look at yourself, bro. <laughs> like, that is, uh, um, you know, I, I think you can make an argument that maybe um, that there's more going on than just uh, poor on-the-court play. Uh, maybe coaching is involved. Uh, maybe the, the team's not very happy that uh, they, they fired Hoiberg. You know, maybe these guys actually liked it. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it's a fuck of a situation in Chicago. Hopefully they can figure it out. Um, i tell you what, though, all of these, um, you know, there's been some rumors that have been kicked around, um, as, as I'm sure there would be, about, like, you know, KD should go to Chicago and, like, win the, a championship for them for the first time since MJ and, like, blah, 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 blah. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> like, I would not even consider going to Chicago. Like, New York, okay. Uh, yeah, they got a shitty owner, too, but like Joel said, they they got some, some people in there making better management decisions now. Um, and, like, and still that would mean more. It would mean way more to win in New York than it would Chicago. Like, definitely fuck going to Chicago. That is not a good idea. Um, I don't care how well he could, you know, fit into that team and what kind of leaps various players could make. Like, no, don't, don't fucking do that, KD. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, Markel Fultz was back in the news recently. Um, apparently he's been diagnosed with, and I'm going to try to pronounce this, thoracic outlet syndrome. I think it's thoracic. That's the only way that I can picture how to pronounce that. Thoracic um, or thoracic? We'll no, it's Can't there's remember. a C in there. It's it's thoracic. There's a C. Or, or, thoracic. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I'm pretty sure that's that's how you pronounce it. Um, and he will be out indefinitely. Gotcha. Um, so it's weird. Like, essentially, this this illness or, or it's it's. It's like a nerve thing, honestly, which makes sense. It honestly, you read the description of what it is. It it makes a lot of sense as it pertains to Marco Fultz for all of the weird shit we've been seeing. Um, I do find it interesting that one of the leading um, uh, causes of this is a car accident. Like that is like the first thing um, that is posted if you search it on Google. Um, that, you know, a car accident is, is kind of the leading cause of this. Um, and, of course, he has been rumored, as we've talked about on this show, um, to have gotten into a motorcycle accident, um, you know, and, and that is how he messed up his shoulder. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, given the diagnosis and what we've seen on the court, even despite the rumor, um from just from what we've seen, it makes a lot of sense. And I don't know, as of right now, I'm just hoping for Fultz's sake that this is what he's, you know, going through, that this diagnosis is correct and, you know, they can treat it and get him back on the road to recovery. Because, um, I mean, it's, it's sad, like, what this kid has had to go through. I mean... You got, like, obviously his teammates have been very supportive of him, um, but then when the Jimmy Butler trade happened, I I think it was probably smart for him to take a step back and for his agent to step in and say, hey, we're going to take a step back and try to figure out what's going on. 
Um, I would not have wanted him uh, on the court with Jimmy Butler, um, just because we know how Butler can be. Uh, it, it just probably wasn't the smartest decision. So, you know, I think that made sense. And obviously, if if this diagnosis, you know, ends up being exactly what's wrong with him, then, you know, he's got some shit he needs to get figured out, and he doesn't need to be on the court. He needs to figure that out, get his head right, um, come back, whether it's with the Sixers or with another team or what have you, um, and, and hopefully um, he can kind of right the ship on his career um, and, and, you know, try to salvage it because it's um, it's it hasn't looked very good so far, obviously, and, you know, the, of course the optics of, you know, having been traded for, for – essentially Jason Tatum and a future first uh, kind of just make it all the all the more shitty, if you will. Um, but anyway, I'm going to throw it to you first, Luke. Uh, what are your thoughts on this diagnosis, um, and what do you think this, you know, potentially means for folks going forward? Um, about time. I mean, thankfully they could probably put a name on it, and it's not the yips. And you're just like, I don't know, right. I mean, I don't know if a guy in basketball just gets the yips. I mean, this is something that's muscle memory that he could probably do with his eyes closed that he's been doing repetitively over and over again. How do you, I mean, pitching the yips and all that, that's understandable because, you know, you're throwing it to a distance and you start can't seeing anymore and all that. So, But in basketball, it's just, I don't know, it didn't make sense. So I'm glad that they came out with this now. You were referring to it earlier that – um the little biking accident, I think this makes complete sense. And like we've said before, I don't think the Sixers knew how to handle it at first, and that's what kind of happened. They mishandled it with the uh, old regime and all that, and by the time, you know, the new one's coming in, they don't really know what to do. They try to rush him back and all that because they felt like he was healthy and all that, but she really still wasn't, and he needs to go through some real actual physical therapy for this injury, so... I'm I'm happy that you know he has something. I did read. I was reading. I forget what what's uh, where it was, but they're like some doctors say you could be back in six weeks. I'm like, no, whoa, no, do not rush this. I don't even care if it's at three weeks. There's no point to rush. He should be sitting out for a while to get his mind right, to get everything right. Bring him back in right. slowly. Let him go run like run shop in the G League for your team. Really understand, yeah. you know, what you're back to being capable of. I mean, Sixers are going to make the playoffs no matter what. They would have to have a crazy follow-up and all that. So, I think, you know, don't rush him back and all that. He could – I don't think you can trade him just because all the things that have been going around with him, he holds no value. But if you can get him to come back, like, so, you know, he comes back right before the playoffs, helps you – and your little playoff run and actually, you know, starts to actually show that what he's capable of. You could definitely trade him during the off season when you need to if you don't see him fitting for your team. But like you're saying, I mean, in the end, the Sixers are in a tough spot because they traded for this kid a first-rounder uh, in Tatum and their future one between Sacramento or this year. So that could mean a lot to the team. To just want to give up on a guy and all that. So I'm happy they've got some name under it. You, know, you understand what the type of injury is. I mean, it's a nerve injury and all that. Hopefully he's getting the best medical treatment and he comes back and he, I mean, 
The kid's supposed to be explosive. I mean, every person in that draft says he was the clear-cut number one, just very fast with the ball, just, you know, just knew what to do, and he could shoot really well. So, I mean, you want to – you don't – you know, I don't don't like to see, like, like bus stories. I never like to see that from in the NBA or in in any sports. Just, you know, I mean, it happens. You know, a lot of people out there say Anthony Bennett's, I mean – you know, it's not going to work out and all that. But I do still have faith in this kid that now that they have the injury, let him sit, let him do the proper treatment and all that, and give him the time that he could actually return to what they traded up for. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I I agree with almost all of what you're saying. I would – I definitely wouldn't rush him back. But I would have him go through the treatment, and I would – I feel like, though, if you could get him back maybe beginning of January, that's, you know, like, that's about that six-week mark. The trade deadline is the beginning of February, like February 7th, I think. Um I I could be wrong on that, but I I feel like it's it's right in there. Um, if you could get him playing a month of G League games and like showing off what he can do, um, great. But if you can't, if 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 he's not right, don't rush him back and put him on the court in G League. Yes, just wait till the off season. Wait till the off season, um, and you know, look, he, you're gonna have at least a couple more seasons to make a run, um, you know, barring any sort of, like, Joel Embiid injury or anything like that. But the guy, I mean, Embiid looked fine all season. He's, he's played a shit ton of minutes this year. Um, but, uh, you know, if you if you can make a deal, sure, but don't rush into one. Um, and, you know, it, it's just gonna. I, I think it's gonna boil down to is is this really what it is, and how do they go about treating it? Um, I, I have it pulled up here. Um, it's a group uh, of disorders that occur when blood vessels or nerves in the space between your collarbone and your first rib are compressed. Um, this can cause pain in your shoulders and neck, and numbness in your fingers. And I've heard from other outlets that it can also cause these kind of involuntary movements um, that he seems to suffer from from time to time. So, you know, it it doesn't seem like if this is actually what it is, it seems like, you know, that this wouldn't necessarily be a super difficult fix. But as you said, Luke, you got to factor in the mental side of things. But if they can get him right physically and can get him on the court in the G League, um, you might as well try to do it if he is a hundred percent physically. Um, if he's not, you know, don't rush it. Um, because like you said, I mean, he's still, I, th- I still think you have to value him if nothing else, even if you don't see him in your future, you need to treat him as a valuable asset. Um, you know, and, and, and not try to rush it just to get somebody out of him this season. Um, when, you know, from all accounts, Jimmy Butler's very happy in Philadelphia. I don't think you're going to have to worry about him walking at all. Um, and you still got, you know, uh, solid, some solid veterans, so, uh, two 
supremely talented young players in Embiid and Simmons. You still got a bright future ahead. Don't you know? Don't don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Uh, but anyway, Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on all of this? And um, you know, what what do you you know kind of hope for and look for from uh, folks you know in the future? I'm kind of sad for him. Because like it, it yeah. ever seems like every year it's something new. It's like what the fuck, man. Um, yeah. it, the best thing in, in his entire life happened. He got picked number one overall. A team traded up, um, basically to get him, and it's just been downhill since then. And it's like that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. And now it's just he hasn't been able to live up to it. And he's just been riddled with injury after injury after injury. And it's just like, damn, now he has Thor Kitch if it's in fucking Europe. But uh, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure what he, what's next for him, honestly, because it's like he needs to recover. Like uh, Luke was saying, he's going to need a couple months maybe to just get 100% right. Uh, and I think the people need to see that because there's no trade value in a guy that's injured. Like who's going to trade for a guy that's injured? It's just very hard to just rely on that. And uh, if he comes back and says that he's healthy, that's different. But now that he has, he's getting special treatment for it, you're going to need to hear from them specialists to make sure he's okay. Right. This can cause nerve damage. This could be really serious if he's not treating it. So it's like right. it's a whole other thing. It's just such a pain in the ass. And I think the kid is good. I think he really can be even better than he's shown, obviously. But, I mean, it's going to might it might be in, in year four before we get the true Markel Fultz, and it probably won't be in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I mean, it, it, you're right. It probably won't be. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I think it, if they, if they can, if he's 100% physically healthy, sure, you can stick to that six-week timetable, put him in the G League, see what happens. But I think, you know, I, I think you guys are probably right. You should probably exude the most amount of caution and, you know, maybe don't even play him in in the league, or in the NBA for the rest of the season. Like, just wait until after the trade deadline. Like, look, we're not going to trade you. We're not trying to rush you back. But, you know, we want you to go play in the G League, you know, so you can get your confidence up, you know, um, you know, make sure, make sure you're feeling right. And, you know, essentially – I wouldn't even lie to him. I'd say, you know, we need to see, um, you know, what you can do. Um, and, you know, obviously if if we don't necessarily feel like you're going to work out in our future, we can contemplate trading you. But the only way we can do that is if you um, are productive. But if you are, there's going to be plenty of teams that want you, and we will consider your wishes um, with where you might end up. And just, like, be fucking straightforward and honest with him because he's got to see the writing on the wall too, you know? Um, And in my experience, in a situation like that, you're going to be a lot better off just, like, coming out and, like, addressing the elephant in the room than, you know, trying to dance and duck around it. Um, So... I don't know. It, it's going to be a very interesting saga um, that just kind of keeps on keeping on uh, as far as the Sixers are concerned. Um, and, and, you know, that's not even counting the Zaire Smith story. So, um, which, you know, we've also talked about that here and there. 
but yeah, uh, it's it's going to be interesting. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, I think short of moving in for Josh Jackson, uh, that's that's the only one that I could see just because both guys still have potential but aren't living up to said potential. Um, that you know, that's the one I could see, and because. Phoenix doesn't need a wing. Philly could use a wing, albeit they'd rather have one who can shoot. But you ain't going to get a wing who can shoot <laughs> for a guy who's injured and, and, you know, hasn't lived up to his potential. Um, so, you know, I guess you would just be crossing your fingers that you could work with Jackson in the offseason and, and at least get him to, like, bump those numbers up to league average. Um, and he'd he'd give you provide you with wing depth and defense, and then if you're you're Phoenix, you know you, you're just taking the flyer on the guy because you don't need Exxon with the wings that you have, and you know you could use a a, a guy who could potentially be a, an all star point guard if everything goes right. Um, but I mean that's about the only trade I see. Um, my little three team trade with Juan Hernan Gomez just got fucking shut down because that motherfucker's been balling out. Uh, over there for um, for Denver, and unfortunately, Denver uh, has suffered. <laughs> yeah, dude, they need him now. Like, dude, they they're they're without three of their starters. Um, at, you know, as of now, and, unless Will Barton's come back uh, since I last checked in with them. Um, but obviously, mm-hmm. Gary Harris and Paul Millsap are going to be out for extended time. They definitely need Hernan Gomez in there right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, I think that's about the best that you got if you're the Sixers. Otherwise, you know, you just let him let him heal, let him play in the G League throughout the close of the season. If he's really effective, maybe you think about bringing him back in, into the fold going into the playoffs. But I think that would only serve to disrupt chemistry. I wouldn't necessarily um, suggest that. I would just let him you know, get his feet wet and then explore what you do in the off season. But um, anyway, uh, guys, let's take a second to talk uh, our other sponsor, Blue Chew. Guys, if you have trouble getting in the mood or perhaps just with stamina, then try Blue Chew, the new revolutionary way to reinvigorate your sex life. These chewables made from the same ingredients as the leading ED pills will be shipped directly to your door. No doctor's appointment, no lines, and most importantly, no more awkwardness. And because they're chewable, they work way faster and make it all the more easy to take just what you need. Seriously, best thing about these, you don't have to go to the doctor's office. Um, they just get shipped right to your door. It's discreet. It's easy. This can be kind of an embarrassing thing for guys, um, but uh, it doesn't have to be. They can just come right to you. Um, nobody else needs to know about it. Uh, and, uh, you, you can take them as you need them. And like I said, they're chewable. So you can like break off a little bit, take what you need, uh, and save the rest for later. Um, super, super convenient. Go to bluechew.com and enter the promo code GDN to get a free month's trial today. All you do is you pay $5 shipping and handling. That's it. That's bluechew.com. Blue is in the color. Um, and like I said, free trial. You and your partner deserve the best. Blue Chew, help you get there. All right, guys, let's jump back into it. Uh, we got time for a couple more topics. Um, let's go ahead and talk. I, I really want to talk this one. I want to fit this one in for you, Joel. Uh, 
Um, the Suns could be on the move to Seattle or Las Vegas. Um, essentially, you know, what's going down here is the Suns are trying to get some renovations on their arena, and they're kind of running into, uh, you know, a few obstacles uh, getting a, you know, a deal done with uh, the city of Phoenix. Essentially, they want to put up $80 million um, and have the other $150 million uh, be sort of taxpayer-funded. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the team, uh, the owner, would cover any sort of extra expense that exceeded the $230 million proposal. Um, but, uh, as it were, the mayor of Phoenix uh, asked for essentially uh um uh what's the damn term um uh, a, a delay uh it's not the the proper term but she asked for a delay on the vote um so she didn't think they were going to have the votes to get it done obviously they want to keep the team essentially the owner of the team has basically said look like we don't get this deal done like, well, look at other options, including moving to Seattle or moving to Las Vegas. Um, I just <laughs> I was telling Luke before the show, Joel, I just think it would be fucking mm-hmm. hilarious if the Suns moved to Seattle and just kept their name <laughs> to Seattle. Oh, my God, the Seattle Suns. <laughs> <laughs> like, wrong. What, what, what's, what's worse, the Seattle Suns or the L.A. Lakers? But yeah, I'm about to say that. I was like, well, which one's more redundant? That's what's, going here. <laughs> what's the point of that? <laughs> um, oh, but, yeah, Lord. I mean, obviously, I think if they moved to Seattle, they would uh, they would adopt the uh, the Supersonics uh, moniker. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, that would leave Phoenix open um, for an expansion team later on and to keep their son's brand um, and name recognition and all that, just like Seattle was able the Sonics were able to do when uh, that team okay, left for see. OKC. Yeah. They weren't allowed to take that oh. name with them. Um, so her. But anyway, w- what are your thoughts on all of this? And um, w- would you would you be down with losing the Phoenix Suns if it meant getting the Seattle Sonics? I I wouldn't. I want. I don't want to lose the Suns. <laughs> like there's a lot right. of teams I'd choose over the Suns. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I mean, if it happens, it happens, but that's not really what I want to see happen. Uh, if it's going to be in a, a a team, you know, I'd rather be Sacramento. I'm not trying to be mean, Sacramento. I'm <laughs> hey, man, honest. what's it going to take for people to quit dogging on Sacramento, man? <laughs> I'm just saying, they're a game above 500. No, I think they're two they games above 500. Uh, I think you're right. They're up there. They're, they're playing really well. And I think Sacramento, they're 14-12. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I mean, they're pretty decent, and they're the capital of California, right, I believe. So uh, not that you yeah. need four teams in Cali, but this is a big state. Um, hey, man, all the power to see, uh, to Sacramento. But, man, I would love to see the Seattle Supersonics come back. I don't want to I don't yeah. want to sacrifice Phoenix for that to happen, but I would love to see uh, the Seattle Supersonics. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, I'm really hoping uh, they work it out, obviously, but, you know, I, I just want to see an expansion. I was telling Luke the other day, I'm like, 
32 teams. Give us, like, expand it. Everybody else, hockey's getting 32 teams. You got to be kidding me. Give me two more teams right. in the NBA. Or 34. Make it 30. I don't give a fuck. Let's give me more. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. I say go go to 32 teams. That that way you have uh, four 18 divisions, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and then you could play each team in your division four times. You play everybody else twice. That's 76 games. And then just exp- expand the playoffs because they've already talked about right. that. Not that I agree with expanding the playoffs, but if the if the the question is revenue. What's going to make more revenue, expanding the playoffs or having those extra six regular season games throughout the season? Um, it's going to be expanding the playoffs. Um, that's going to make you more money. Um, and plus, that could do a lot. That could do away with a lot of tanking because at that point you would only have eight teams not making the playoffs. And then right. you could just say all of these eight teams get a 12.5 percent chance of getting the first round pick. And they get a 12.5% chance of getting the second round pick. No more of this, hey, if you have the worst record, <laughs> then you can't go below the fourth or fifth spot or whatever. No. If you're one of the worst eight teams, you, you all get an equal chance of getting the number one pick, the number two pick, all the way through number eight. And where you fall is just where you fall. And then everybody after that, you're get, you get slotted where you fall, um, like where your record is. Um, I, I think you can kill a lot of birds with a lot of stones there. Or, you know, for our PETA uh, friends, you could feed a lot of birds, uh, birds <laughs> with a lot of stones. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, 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 um, we're non-biased here. But, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I mean, I, I do think there's 32 is a really good number. It's a, it's a nice number. You could settle right in on it. Um, and Seattle would be the obvious uh team that makes the absolute most sense to bring back. Uh, I think there'd be a lot of debate on the second team. I know you like Las Vegas. I really like St. Louis. Um, uh, I think yeah, after, I Las Vegas, yeah. I might still top 15. Yeah, see, I, uh, I just think St. <laughs> I, I like St. Louis because they don't have the Rams anymore. So, um, like, that, that, the, you know, that's a big market. They're getting an XFL team, though. They're going to get an XFL team. <laughs> Well, no one cares about that. Um, they, they got they got a baseball team, they got a hockey team, and their hockey arena is one of the biggest arenas in the nation. Like they use that arena for a lot of the March Madness games. Um, right. So like it's it's a really big arena. You just fit a lot of people in there. Um, so like I I think it would be. I think it would make a lot of sense um, for, for them to get a team. Not to mention, of course, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, um, St. Louis was like kind of the, 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 one of the best teams in the ABA that got screwed out of the merger, um, that didn't get a team. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice to see St. Louis get some love. Um, but anyway. I'll put them um, at we, third. I'll put them at third. <laughs> I, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate that consideration. Um, I will say this, though. Vegas Vegas does have that brand-new state-of-the-art arena um, that, you know, obviously, I, I think the St. Louis arena, it's gone through renovations, so it's not like it's old, like it's decrepit or anything, but it's it's been around for probably 20-plus years. Um, I think since 94, I want to say. Um, so... Like yeah, it's it's got some miles on it, but you know, like I said, it's it's had some renovations. Like I said, it's really big. They play a lot of March Madness games there, so 
Um, there's, right. there's, some, there's some pluses to it. Um, but anyway, uh, Luke, uh, and just real quick, one more thing. Um, I think, uh, and I don't know, like, I don't know what the attendance was for their for their hockey team throughout the season. And obviously, like, their hockey team is fucking great. Like, and I don't know how they were that great as an expansion team, but they were really, really good. Um, yeah. I don't know how an 82-game season or 76-game season even would bode um, for now the third team that's there, whereas, you know, I feel like you could be jumping in with too many teams too quick uh, for that market to support. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's more residential people who would want to go to these games than I'm aware of. Um, it, it, it's a tricky fan base um, like to, because we don't have a, a large sample size of, of what Las Vegas sports fans represent. Mm-hmm. You know? So are yeah, you relying on that fan base? Are you relying on the tourism aspect of things? Are you are are both going to increase your um, number of, of people who show up to these games? Like all of these are questions that I don't have the answer to. Um, so I think you know there therein lies um, some some uh, just some questions that you know would need to be answered. Uh, but Luke, um, what are your thoughts on you know essentially the the Suns owner um, threatening to you know move the team? to Seattle or Vegas or at the very least explore those possibilities. Um, and same question, I want to pass the same original question on to you. Uh, would you trade the Phoenix Suns if it meant getting the Seattle Supersonics? No, I just find it crazy how we're coming back to this Phoenix Suns owner, just how terrible he is. <laughs> um, I understand you know, him wanting some money, but like you're an owner, man. You can build this stadium or go get a partner to name it after. I mean, there's ways of doing this if your players don't. I mean, if you're, you know, the the people of Phoenix don't want to pay it in tax dollars. So I understand it. So yeah, maybe crazy, if your team you know, didn't it, suck so much, the fucking the the constituents would be willing to pay the 150 million dollars. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I just it's terrible that owners can hold this over their fans and all this. I mean, it really I, is. you know, it's it, it's kind of exactly what happened in Seattle. I mean, what I, if, if I'm Seattle fans, yeah, I really want my team to come back, but I, do I want another owner who did this to me already? I mean, this is exactly what happened in Seattle. They couldn't get up the money right. to make a state-of-the-art arena and all that, and now they, they had a, you know, he went to Oklahoma and all that. So you're, you're already having an owner that could do this. It's already jumping. So I wouldn't want it if I'm Seattle. Maybe Vegas, you know, because I'm a new team and all that, but – it's just, it's crazy how, you know, this terrible owner comes up back in this. I mean, there's a lot of things that the Phoenix, you know, they have to do to the arena because I understand. I mean, it's really hot and it gets really, like, the humidity there and it makes the court, I, I want to say, gets the court kind of, like, damp. I don't even know. Like, there's something uh, that read. So, they're going to have to do something to that arena. But, like you said, make your product good out there. I mean, give it another year and all that. And maybe you'll get your money back and all that. But I, I just, it's. It stinks when fans are held at the mercy of the owners and all this. And then you get ones where you have the Miami fan base that had to pay for this ridiculously dumb uh, baseball, you know, park that they didn't want to pay for, but they have it in. You know, Miami's just a terrible team. Yes, I would love to see Seattle back, but in better circumstances. I see two other teams that I could see possibly and it would be better choices for me. 
just because I don't think the owner is going to, you know, he's selling the team, he's just going to move it. Um, I think New Orleans, just because, you know, their owner just died and all that. Now the wife's yeah. taking over yeah. it. She, They kind of bought the Pelicans back in the day because they're just such good, like, people to New Orleans and all that, and they own the Saints and all right. that, and they want to keep a team. So I could see that one. And also Memphis, man. Not saying that Memphis ownership is bad and all that. It's just Memphis' arena is about to be up and all that. They don't have a contract. They don't have any plans in the work of where they're going to play. And they're almost falling way too perfectly in line when Seattle's getting their hockey team in it. So that's the only team that can make sense. I just wouldn't want a team under these circumstances if I was Phoenix. Uh, I mean, if I was Seattle, just because you have a terrible owner and you're stuck with a terrible owner. Unless he just outright sold the team to some buyer in Seattle, but I don't see him doing this. He's just talking about moving the team because he doesn't have money and he sees those two arenas that are being built in the, the newer uh, Las Vegas hockey arena or Seattle's up-and-coming one. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, all great points. I think you're right. I think um, I think they'll work shit out in Phoenix. Um, I, I just I, – I can't imagine – but. You know, that's the thing, like, nobody imagined the the Sonics losing, uh, or I'm sorry, Seattle losing the Sonics either. Um, yeah. But, like, especially in this day and age, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they'll get a, some kind of deal done. Um, like, Phoenix doesn't want to be um, Seattle 2.0. Like, they don't want that shit to happen to them. So, um, and I, I, I also agree with you. I think it is so much more likely that he would move the team to Vegas than Seattle um, for a lot of reasons at play, but I think Vegas would offer more incentives. They already have the new state-of-the-art arena. Um, the heat. It, like a brand-new <laughs> arena, and they could just keep their name. Like, you could still be the Las Vegas Suns. That still makes a lot of fucking sense, you know? You don't got to really do any rebranding. Um, and, you know, hopefully you could – I think you would try, you would at least want to try to keep your fan base. I don't know if you could, um, you know, I mean, a la the Chargers. Um, a lot of people in San Diego were like, fuck you, Chargers. We're not following you anymore when they up and left mm-hmm. L.A. And now people in L.A. don't give a shit about them either. Like, people in L.A., <laughs> I, I will guarantee you there is more Raiders fans in L.A. than there are Chargers fans. And the Raiders I are agree with that. from Oakland to Vegas, like they ain't like <laughs> so. Um, and the other, you know, the other big chunk is a Rams fan. So like, you know, that that never made any sense to me. But um, in fact, I don't know why they didn't try to get a Vegas deal done. The Las Vegas Chargers would have made so much more sense—not more sense than the Raiders, but more sense than going to LA. Um, All right. But no, I mean, I feel you. I I would hate to lose New Orleans and Memphis too. I like the small market teams. I mean, it does suck for for some of those teams. But the ones who like make it work, um, you know, especially a team like Memphis. You know, they had a terrible year last year, and you know, the writing's kind of on the wall for them. But you know, I mean, that that team has been really good um, for the majority of while they've been there. I mean, they've had some really good runs. And some really good players. Um, obviously, when they had Jerry West in there, he was making a lot of great decisions for them. Um, and then, you know, even for New Orleans, who's really, like, I feel like their future is directly tied to Anthony Davis um, and whether he stays or goes. But if he if he does go, 
um, and they're bad, like it's it's already hard to get fans to come out. I would probably rather go with New Orleans simply because I feel like the Memphis fan base deserves a team more than New Orleans fan base does. Um, like, first of all, that's all they got in Memphis. I mean, I, they don't have anything else. So, you know, I mean, that it, mm-hmm. I think is one of the biggest things. It's kind of like OKC. Like, they come out for their basketball team because that's all they got. Um, and, you know, in New Orleans, obviously the Saints are king. And so, you know, they they just don't – they're not, like, a great basketball fan base. Um, and, I mean, you know, for that matter, like, Atlanta's not really a great basketball fan base, but Atlanta's a much, much bigger city. Um, so, you know, we got that going for us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't I, – I, out of those two teams, I, w- I would definitely uh, pick New Orleans. But I, like – like all of us said, we don't want to see any, any teams lose their team. I Oklahoma City. Send them back to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you can't do that to those fans, man. Those are some yeah, of the best true. fans in the NBA. Oh, Never come on, got man. Them, man. <laughs> oh, see, I, oh, I love no. OKC. I, I, I love OKC. Well, we'll I love see how Westbrook. much they love OKC once Westbrook is gone. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that'll be the thing. Like, the, I mean, n- no team can stay dominant forever. I mean, uh, yeah. except for, that's you true. know, the Spurs did it for 20 years, which is just ungodly remarkable. Well, OKC um, has had very little bad years, if you think about it. They had a right. very small no, when they first got there. They weren't very good. And that's it. They've been good ever since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be uh, – It'll be intriguing to see how all of that plays out. Like I said, ho- hopefully we just get two expansion teams at some point in the near future and we don't have to worry about all this movement. But yeah, I, I, think, like I think it's – it's, uh, and I think, Luke, you would probably agree with me. Joel, you might. I think it's more likely that we will see a team change cities before we get two expansion teams. I, I, I think th- that – I think you're right, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that's that's more of a possibility. So hopefully, whatever city loses a team can maybe prove their worth in the interim and get one of those expansion teams. But um, but we'll see how it goes. Hey, hey, Luke, I'm gonna let you run, man. I know you got uh, some shit to do. Um, so we'll catch up with you next week. All right, brother. Uh, man, yo, peace out. All right, brother. Take it peace. easy. All right, Joel. Before we call it quits, I just I, I want to talk this one last subject with you. So. Amen. LeBron, LeBron basically said, you know, in, in that little chat with Kyrie, or no, I'm sorry, not fuck Kyrie, uh, with Dwayne Wade, uh, at the end of the uh, Lakers heat game the other night, they caught it on tape, and basically D. Wade was like, yo, man, I'm glad you, you know, you decided to come here and you didn't, like, end your career in Cleveland, blah, blah, blah. And he <laughs> said, yeah, man, you know, it was either here or the garden. And you know what that means. He actually was considering New York. And so, like, I don't want to use this as an opportunity for, like, to say, oh, man, doesn't it suck? He could have been a Nick, blah, 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 blah. It is what it is. But, like, like, you got any words for any of the haters out there who were saying that there was zero chance that he was ever considering uh, playing for the New York Knicks? Oh, let's put it like this. 
I uh, I woke up to that news and I was very upset because I was like, why would you even say it to that? But then I realized you said it in the conversation. We wasn't talking to anybody right. but Wade. Um, right. And it was like, it, on tape. It, it was one of those, right. And I, I remember, I forgot who posted it. I was like, oh, we're always the, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. one of those situations. But yeah, then, well, welcome to clarified. University of Georgia football, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get then you understand where I'm coming from. Um, yeah. But my thing is, he he apparently clarified and said not necessarily the Knicks, but the Garden. You know, it was one of those moments. But at the same time, he I was, was like, never well, going to Boston, man. I know, I know he wasn't. But I'm just saying, he was saying, I'm no, well, Garden, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> um. To me, he meant. I think he kind of let it. I think he was kind of, he's kind of hiding it. I think he really did kind of consider the Knicks. I think he did both times, and he chose against it twice. And then he doesn't yeah. have it. Look, he doesn't have it. He just it's look. It's not meant to be. He's chosen his destiny, and it was never for New York. Um, it is what it is. I've gotten over it. I don't give a fuck. Let him do him in L.A. We're proud right. of you, LeBron. Enjoy your time there. Someone will come and take the rain one day. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the following. Or maybe it's the kids that are there now. Um, I, look, we don't need them. It's all good. <laughs> well, here's the thing. is If LeBron, like, LeBron made the right decision choosing the Lakers over the Knicks, just simply because the Lakers have been taking, tanking a little bit longer. They have a few more assets. And they have drafted a little bit better. So you, like, add all of those things up, and, yeah, sure, the the Knicks have the best player on their roster outside of any player on the Lakers not na- named LeBron James, and that's Kristaps Porzingis. And here's the thing. I think if Kristaps had been healthy, I think LeBron wouldn't have actually considered it. I really do. I think he would have been like, all right, me and Porzingis um, – they, you know, there's going to be plenty of movement going on. Like, I can talk to this management. I can get them to, like, maybe flip some players, um, flip some assets, get another player in here. We'll have a big three. Me, Chris Stops, somebody else. I think the moment Chris Stops tore his ACL, that was it. Like, and yeah. I, I, like, not it as far as LeBron's decision-making, but that was it as far as he wasn't going to inevitably choose to play in New York because he, he, like he's playing in LA right now without another star. Um, but at least he's got like some young guys who can like, like play and like kind of back him up. And I'm not saying the Knicks don't have anybody. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like the, the optics of it were, were just better for him to go to LA. Um, and of course, if he went to the Knicks, they only had money to bring him in. The Lakers, you know, they have that money to bring in. They would have had money to bring in somebody else last season. That didn't happen, but they still have money to bring in somebody else the next season. So it was like, you know, do I do I want to go play with the Knicks, but Kristaps is probably going to be out for a year, so I'm going to have to wait on that. Or do I want to go play with the Lakers, see maybe if we get somebody this year. If not, we could get somebody next year. It just it made more sense for him, um, which is unfortunate because I would have loved to have seen him play for the Knicks. I would have fucking loved that so much more than the Lakers. Um, 
Because that's the thing. It would have meant way more, just like us, what we've been saying about KD. It would mean so much if he went to the Knicks and, mm-hmm. I mean, fuck, fuck went in a championship. If he just, like, made him relevant again, that would be huge. Um, but, like, you know, you win a championship in New York, whoo, son, like, that is that is legacy right there. Um, so... Shit. But yeah, I agree. With, ultimately, though, put a fucking statue up, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, you'd be right there next to Patrick. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, man. I mean, I, I ultimately though, I agree with you. I mean, the Knicks are going to get somebody eventually. You know, I mean, you can't strike out forever. Um, and uh, you know, they're going to land somebody, and I, I think they'll get somebody this off season. I'm not sure who it'll be. Um, it could be KD. Um, I think there's a couple other players that it could be, um, you know, and it may not be, like, a huge name, um, but I think they'll get somebody who's going to really help them, um, and they're going to start building towards something. They're going to get KP back next season. They're going to have another high draft pick. Um, and, you know, that's the thing, too. If, like you land, if you land somebody like KD – they get another high draft pick. Now you start putting yourself in the talks of, all right, can Kevin Knox make himself look like a really valuable asset? Can Nilakina make himself look like a slightly more valuable asset? Is where is this? Can we f- build a package to you know flip for Anthony Davis? Like that's you know I mean ultimately that would be the goal if I'm the Knicks. Um, and saying, you know, fuck, we'll we'll figure out our point guard situation. But if we got Tim, if we got Tim Hardaway, we got Kevin Durant, we got KP, and we got Anthony Davis, and we feel confident, we don't give a fuck who else is filling out our roster. We're going to be a fucking contender. Um, so that that I mean, that's that's fingers crossed. That's the goal. Um, but uh, that. that probably is its best case scenario, but we'll we'll see what ends up happening. Um hopefully yeah. like I just want to see the Knicks be able to contend again. Um and I just want to see KD not on the Warriors so everybody else can contend again. And as long as I get that next season <laughs> if, if he joins the Knicks, that would be really nice because that would be a great balance. Like the Warriors aren't you know the the lock favorites. The Knicks are relevant again. And now can compete with the Sixers and the and the Celtics and you know the Bucks and the Raptors and everybody else. And now all of these Western Conference teams that are all fucking blocked up, and you got fucking fourteen teams in the Western Conference who should all have a gripe as far as being legitimate playoff contenders. I'm fucking. I think the Rockets right now are in fourteenth place. I saw that like um, yesterday or today or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Like. That's fucking crazy, dude. Like, I mean, yeah, and I know they're taking a huge step back, but they still got CP3, fucking James Harden, Clint Capella, I mean, PJ Tucker. They're fourteen, like, but they're like two games under five hundred. <laughs> yeah, crazy. nah. Yeah, it's insane. It really is, man. It really is. They're fucking. We need some more talent to come east. Still, like, because like we we mm-hmm. we need some teams, like. We need to make some room out west and, and bring some of that still a little more talent east to sort of balance it out because um, we got about five really good teams out here in the east and we could stand to have six or seven 
so that way the West could have six or seven, and then you know you got that those couple teams fighting for that eight seed. But um, right, man. But yeah, man, it's gonna be interesting. I I tell you what, like it, I haven't been so optimistic in a while that next season it, is going to be as wide open as any season that we've had in a long fucking time, because. It's basically been the Warriors for the last, like, three, four, five seasons. LeBron James before mm-hmm. that. Like, if KD ain't on the Warriors next season, it is fucking wide open, man. Like, anybody's game. And when's the last time that we could say, like, there we, that we could legit look at the league and be like, I don't know, man, like, there's fucking 10 or 11 teams that can fucking win it this year. Yeah, I, I love parody. I'm, I'm all about the parody, so no one's more excited about possibly <laughs> more teams contending than me. Uh, and I just, you know, it, it's just, it's been tough. But, you know, like the West, the West looks so fucking one-sided. It's ridiculous. Like I just said, the 14th fucking team is under 500 by maybe two or three games. That's nothing. Right. That's nothing. Phoenix is right. obviously the worst team in that, that, that conference, and it's it's by a lot compared to yeah. all the other Western teams. There's so many teams playing way better than we thought and a lot of teams playing worse than we thought in the West that it's it's fucking weird. And, and I, I expect it to balance out, but who knows, honestly. It's crazy. That That is the thing. Like, I legit, like, as weird as it sounds, I legit feel like the Rockets could miss the playoffs. If they don't make a trade it's crazy. and a trade soon, mm-hmm. like – they, I mean, they really could. Like, they need to get on that fucking Bazemore trade. I've been saying that since the fucking preseason, man. Like, <laughs> he could actually, like, really help him. Or if not Bazemore, just somebody like him. Like, go get a wing who can fucking help you that, like, for a rebuild. Like, give up, you know, Brandon Knight and a, and a future first for, like, a rebuilding team. Like, I feel like that should be enough to get it done, especially now like if you're like if you're the Rockets and you're willing to say like we'll give it up and we'll only put a top ten protection on it, like fucking this point the Hawks damn well better jump on that shit. Like this we're not talking about a fucking twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty pick anymore. We're talking about like I would assume Bay's good enough to like boost that record, get him in the playoffs, and maybe we're talking about like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. So mm-hmm. um you know, I mean <laughs> Something, something to consider. Uh, but anyway, uh, Joel, I'm gonna let you run, man. But uh, as always, yes, thank you for uh, joining me, and uh, um, have a good night. And we'll catch you uh, Sunday on Geek Five Live. Word, peace. Bye, man. Peace. So that's gonna wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, be sure to check in tomorrow. Uh, Dane Alves is going to be hosting another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. It will be tomorrow night, Thursday, at 7 o'clock, so be sure to check that out. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, Geek Vibes Live will be back Sunday at 8 o'clock, as always. Uh, And just so you guys know, we've got even yet another new sponsor that we encourage you to check out, and that is SeatGeek, which is the best, bar none, the best way to get tickets for any event, especially if you're getting tickets for an NBA game. Trust me, SeatGeek is the way to go. You download the app on your phone. 
and it is seamless. It is easy. They have the best prices on tickets, so you don't have to worry about, you know, trying to shop around and find the best prices. This app has the best prices. They are also the most convenient way to get tickets, and it doesn't stop there. You can get tickets to any assortment of events, whether it's concerts or anything. SeatGeek has what you need. And get this, if you go and download the app, you can enter our promo code, GeekVibes, and get $20 off your first purchase. Trust me, you're not going to regret it. You're going to make that first purchase, and then every time after that, you're going to be like, yeah, that was the easiest experience I've ever had buying tickets. Definitely going to do that again. Let me just pull that up. Boom, boom, boom. Got my tickets. I'm ready to go. Trust me, you won't regret it. Again, that is SeatGeek, and you just type in the promo code GeekVibes, $20 off your first purchase. We will see you tomorrow for Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I'll talk to you on Sunday for Geek Vibes Live. But until then, peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.